Hey everyone, uh, back again with another episode of Pain Points. Kyle and Jeff here. Uh, today we're going to do a bit of a different type of episode. Uh, we're not going to focus purely on a single new product or service that we found, uh, but rather in light of recent events with the coronavirus that's uh, all over the news, uh, we thought it might be an interesting opportunity to think about some of our past episodes and the products that we've covered and think about how is this kind of macro level uh, pandemic at the moment, how could it impact these products and services that we've covered in previous episodes? Yeah. So I think one thing we can do is just, you know, we can go over some of the things that we've, we've talked about, such as coffee cups and lids, which was our first kind of episode. But then we got into high tech shopping carts, which is caper, office phone booths which is room um retire well, sorry uh deliveries which is like arrive uh digital gym equipment tonal um other gym kind of uh substitutes such as silo fit and then um some other things that we can touch upon but i think there's a lot of of, of businesses that we've 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 talked about that i think could be negatively impacted as well as some that might be positively impacted by this virus Yeah. So just for, I guess, context, um, a lot of people are aware of the coronavirus that's spreading right now. But I guess some key things for us to consider as we try to see how it might impact these businesses is uh, how it spreads. Um, So as I'm reading here on the Government of Canada's website, the human coronavirus uh, causes infections of the nose, throat and lungs and most commonly spread from an infected person through respiratory droplets generated when you cough or sneeze, close prolonged personal contact, such as touching or shaking hands, and touching something with the virus on it, then touching your mouth, nose, or eyes before washing your hands. Um, And current evidence suggests that person-to-person spread is efficient when there is close contact. So uh, I guess it's pretty similar to how uh, a a normal seasonal flu is transmitted. So I guess let's start off with kind of go back to episode one with um, uh, how much we loved or or, or rather didn't love the Tim Hortons coffee cup. Yeah. And see, do we think that the virus uh, could impact that product? So one one thing that um, you actually informed me is that Tim Hortons is stopping the roll up the rim to win uh, marketing campaign, which they run... I think biannually. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, not entirely. So okay. I remember hearing in in recent weeks before they were going to launch it that this year, in addition to the roll up the rim yeah. component where you physically roll up the rim of the cup, they were also going to introduce a digital kind of way to play the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and more, I think, of the prizes would actually be on the digital component. So they kind of have the roll up the rim, more of a nostalgic thing, but Mm -hmm. they really want to move people to digital, probably because it gets them into their their system and then they can build loyalty with them through their app and whatnot. So so the idea here is that they're not, they're taking away the traditional method, which is like rip off the coffee lid. Now that I think of it, it's actually kind 
kind of gross. Yeah. So the idea here is that you drink your coffee, roll up the rim. Ide- like not ideally, but likely your lips have been in close proximity to this this part of the cup. Yeah. And then you hand it to the representative for them to redeem or whatever it is. Right. And if you if that's not a surefire way of spreading <laughs> any type of virus, I don't know what is. Exactly. So not surprisingly, <laughs> yeah. they have announced that they will, um, I guess, horrible. immediately stop doing the roll up the rim part. Yeah. Um, and it makes me think, like, when they do the roll up the rim contest, are the people you're handing these pieces of paper to wearing gloves or anything? Like, yeah. probably not. No. So, so no. they're... So you're telling me for like the last 20 years that I've been playing Roll Up the Rim, these staff have been taking pieces of paper that have been in people's mouths. Likely. And then they're going and serving food and preparing drinks and whatnot. So Yeah, that's a scary thing. It's amazing how uh, a situation like a virus really kind of changes everyone's thinking and all of a sudden go people can go, wow, that was really gross what we were doing. Or I never really considered yeah. um, kind of the hygiene of that. So, so I guess the question here is, you know, what is the effect of COVID-19 on the Roll Up the Rim campaign, even if they're trying to do this push to digital, which uh, may or may not work? What do you think? Uh, so I think this actually works kind of in what Tim Horton's corporate uh, was was pushing for, right? Yeah. Like they already, even before any of this happened with the, the virus, is they already wanted to move people to digital. Mm-hmm. So... Um, now they're actually just being physically forced to because they don't want to help spread this. And then, so it's interesting is this actually doesn't necessarily work against them, doesn't really, I guess, work in their favor. It's not going to necessarily increase engagement of the of the promotion per se, but I guess it, you know, it just really rules out the, the paper-based option. Yeah. So the only thing I see here is like a, a slow transitionary period based on the demographics that likely played Roll Up the Rim in the past. Like, I wouldn't say that Tim Hortons is really targeted towards the millennial generation. It's more towards the boomers or maybe um, even a little bit older. Mm-hmm. And their propensity to join digital initiatives such as, as, as this one or, you know, Monopoly if it's digitized or it is digitized is probably a lot lower. So they probably see a little bit lower engagement within that segment, which I don't know, maybe that is fine for them, but. But you know what? Maybe this actually does work a little in their favor because they're getting some awareness around they're stopping the cups. Don't worry, we have a digital option. Mm -hmm. So they might actually be getting more people to convert from paper to digital. Um, One last thing uh, on the coffee cups though, is it's not just Tim Hortons. Another big change that they're making, as well as Starbucks and other coffee retailers, is they're not accepting reusable mugs. And we talked a little bit about the environmental aspect of coffee cups. So that's another interesting impact from the virus is that they will no longer take your your reusable mug and fill it up with coffee. So kind of another impact there. So uh, just to wrap that one up, uh, positive or negative impact for Roll Up the Rim? For Roll Up the Rim... I'm going to say I'm kind of neutral. I'm in the little middle. I think there's some pros, yeah. um, but I also think there's some cons. Yeah, I think it's I'm more neutral slash negative, but um, we'll see. We'll see how they, they, they react. Okay, let's move on. All right. Next up, uh, high-tech shopping carts. So we covered Caper, yeah. which was a company that manufactured this super-duper high-tech shopping cart with a touchscreen and sensors and all these 
gizmos on it. Um, I see a huge impact here because <laughs> it's predicated on having a touchscreen. And yeah. I have to imagine that any products that rely on touchscreens in public spaces are going to be negatively impacted. Sure, for sure. And I, I agree with you. I think, well, one, I'm not even sure what the adoption rate might be. You know, it's, uh, we, we saw that they only were piloting in one store or a few stores. But just to clean those things off and, like, people are just touching them and, you know, interacting with them and are they cleaning them afterwards? And you're right. Anything that is, like, a publicly... You know, touch screen display, touch anything is probably a high risk area, and people are probably going to stay away from it. I think broad, uh, more, more, more broadly speaking, if we zoom out a little bit, is just going to grocery stores and going to areas that have a lot of volume, where you know there might be a lot of people at one time. Now, you know, we can define a lot as maybe forty people at one time or whatever it may be, but you know, I think there's going to be less and less traffic going to. To, to the grocery shopping stores anyway. Yeah, I, w- I would totally agree. I think that a lot of delivery-based services are probably going to see a bit of a boom right now. Yeah. Um, so if we think about grocery deliveries, I know Loblaws uh, works, I think, with Instacart. Yeah. And um, Grocery Gateway. still see those trucks on the road. Not yeah. sure why. <laughs> I think they're with the... Um, uh, Longos, Longos, I think. Longos, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I could see that definitely increasing as people just want to maybe not even want to not go out and travel, but some might not be able to. Like a lot of people are uh, putting themselves in self-isolation and staying indoors. How can they, how are they able to go get groceries? Like this actually might be their only option yeah. is to order stuff online. So here's a question for you. If you think about the value chain, somebody collecting your groceries packaging them shipping them to you probably three or four people interacting with your groceries do you still feel safe opening up that package versus going and collecting it yourself but you're also risking yourself in the general public uh, that way i kind of think that there's gonna be a lot of hands on your good from from the source yeah you know from the tree that the apple grew on to get to that grocery store yeah so cutting out one or two people out of the 50 in the supply chain that handle the good i don't think it really makes a difference and you just kind of have to i think we all have to have just some confidence in the supply chain that the various players doing the shipping and the logistics and the packaging and whatnot are all you know doing what they should to keep things safe i also like when you read off the uh, kind of requirements or not requirements the uh, precautions and how to prevent the spread of covid19 i think it's higher risk for you to be in a public space than than not to be. And what deliveries allow you to do is remove yourself from that public space and reduce the amount of close contact that you might have with an individual that might be infected. So um, you're right. Like the, the value chain is still going to be, um, you know, handled by humans. But at the same time, you're preventing yourself from going into that public sphere. Right. I think... You know, the same 40 or so people in the supply chain are going to be involved. Yeah. Now you're just reducing the probability that you're going to go into a room full of, like, as you say, 50 people um, and potentially increase your exposure. So um, so that one's an interesting one. And then kind of related on the delivery subject is we covered the Arrive app, which uh, aims to kind of aggregate all your different deliveries 
so you can track them all in one place. What do you think about that one? Well, I mean, I think the, the logic that we're using here is that there's going to be less uh, store shopping, like physical bricks and mortars shopping, and more delivery-based shopping online, what have you. Arrive would see a boost in the kind of probably the usage that it's seen in the past, in my opinion. I don't know, just kind of following that logic. But I think that it'll be positively affected by kind of this this unfortunate event just because of, of the shift in consumer behavior. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a huge direct correlation between right. this incident and a rise in the Arrive downloads, per se. Yeah. There might be a tiny uptick, um, but... I think that ultimately that's good for Shopify who created this. I think that um, they could benefit in some way from kind of the changing behaviors and people. I think this incident is very much going to get people's behaviors to shift and people are going to think more about deliveries and they're going to think more about doing things virtually. Yeah. Um, so I think that that might just be one of the kind of ripple effects mm. and but we'll definitely see some larger ones i think like as we said grocery shopping i think is a more direct kind of correlation yeah definitely so let's uh let's shift gears to to gyms we covered yeah. two products or two services that uh are related to gyms um the first was tonal which is a piece of digital gym equipment that you install in your home and it's got a touch screen and it's got these arms with resistance and basically allows you to do uh, um, weight training in your home. Yeah. Um, and then the second one we covered was a business called SiloFit, which allows you or a trainer to rent out a personal gym for just yourself or you and a couple people on demand. Um, I think there's some interesting implications here in the gym sector. What do you think? Yeah, so let's think traditionally, if you go, if you're somebody that works out and you have a traditional gym membership, then you'd be going to Good Life or LA Fitness, which is probably packed during certain hours after work or whatever, um, well, which would increase your risk of uh, contracting the virus. So I think that digital home, like home gym equipment, as well as more private spaces um, would see kind of a boost due to this type of uh, activity. Uh, due to the virus. Yeah, I totally agree. People, you know, gyms in particular, people are sweating. Oh, yeah. Um, sweating. They're, oh, they're, they're touching all the equipment mm -hmm. and, you know. Not cleaning. And a lot of people don't follow the rules no uh, on, a, on a good day. <laughs> yeah. You know, they don't wipe down the machines and yeah. stuff. So I, I could see gyms actually taking an immediate hard hit yeah. um, in light of this pandemic because uh, it just – you know, everyone's sweating and feel and it's crowded. It feels something about it just feels like that's probably a place I should be avoiding. Yeah. If there's not if there's like this is where the virus is like, yeah, this is where I'm going to spread. Like, yeah, I know for a fact this person's going to the gym. If they had that type of wherewithal, you know, this is it. This is like probably I'm spreading. Everybody's sweating. It's no yeah. problem. Not everything's being wiped down. It's just going to be feels like a breeding ground. Good. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So I would say, you know. Tonal still has like a price barrier to it, which is probably a little bit out of reach for the average good life gym right. goer. But SiloFit, $20 an hour, private, or one or two people that you probably think, 
uh, you know, you're confident that they don't have the virus, mm. that's probably going to be a pretty good uh, match for you if you want to get a workout in. Yeah, it's possible. So with total, I agree. I think it's a bit of a price barrier, although the idea might really sound attractive to people now where they're thinking, yeah. you know, how could I work out at home? I don't want to have to go buy tons of weights and all this equipment and stuff. Um, if the price was cheap, I could see them actually really uh, doing well mm. during this period. Um, with silo fit, I agree. I think, you know, if someone still wants to go to the gym, they're not going to be able to buy all the equipment at their home. How do I go and get my workout in with all the various equipment and cardio stuff that I need, but I don't want to go to a crowded gym? It seems like a great option. Yeah. Um, it's still a bit pricey as we talked about in that episode, but it seems like a great option uh, to... And, and hold you over until this is all kind of solved. Yeah, so I think one thing that Tonal is going to hit upon, and I think there's a lot of players in this space, is like the at-home workout program. Like think about like P90X back in the day, and they had you, talk, you put in the VHS and you follow along, but you are getting like a full, pretty intense workout just with minimal gym equipment in the comfort of your home. And now add on to that within the comfort of your home, reducing your risk and exposure to a, a potential virus. And so I think these types of, of, of workouts, whether it be at home or in like a smaller studio, um, are going to be become more and more popular. Yeah, well, what's interesting about the gyms and places like that is they're shared, yeah. right? These are shared facilities, and that is exactly the problem. Um, it's the same thing with the, sh the touch screen on the shopping carts. Like these are shared tools um, and anything that's shared that actually requires your, your hands to touch them um, cr creates a hygiene issue potentially. Mm -hmm. So I think that shared gym facilities we've seen is a, an easy thing to identify is probably problematic. But then we have something like uh, shared workspaces. Mm, yeah. Uh, so we covered the app called FlexStay, which allows you to book a on-demand workspace. Some of the workspaces are co-working places like businesses. Some are restaurants that want you to kind of book up their empty tables in their downtime. So again, a shared space. And... As we've been hearing in the news, a lot of places that bring people together are all kind of trying to stop that and prevent that. They're, yeah. they're canceling large events. The NBA just postponed their season. Yeah. They're canceling concerts. They're canceling conferences. What do you think this means for these shared places? So if we think about workspaces in general, like we think about our office, it's like you know who's coming in on a day-to-day -day basis. And so hopefully these, these people are following kind of some kind of hygiene or some kind of precaution. And there's policies put in place to prevent people from coming in. So, um, you know, if you're feeling ill, don't come to work, et cetera, et cetera. But that's a communication that's kind of controlled by, you know, HR or whatever. Within these on-demand workspaces, you just don't know who's coming in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even if you put out a notice, they have no, um, they're just not bound to anything that, you know, FlexDay puts out. Like how, would, would their job be at jeopardy if they came into a FlexDay? Probably not. And that's probably the consequences or the stakes that we're dealing with here at work. Whether we come in, then we could face some kind of repercussion for coming in if we were sick. So I'm totally out on on-demand on, on workspaces right now because you just don't know 
the population that's coming in. It's, it's uncontrolled and not in the same way that a regular workspace. Would yeah, be. I, com- I completely agree. I think uh, the benefit of when you work for a company is, as you say, they can control yeah. um, their facilities. So as many companies have done is they've created rules for work from home and they say, do not come into the office, everyone go remote. Yeah. Um, what I do think is interesting though is FlexDay is trying to capitalize on kind of the remote working um, shift, yeah. right? Where um, they could have customers that are people that actually work for big name companies, but they want to be able to work you know, one day when they're downtown or maybe yeah. they can't go to corporate headquarters, so they want an alternative place to work. Um, so they're trying to capitalize on remote working. But I think what's going to happen with remote working right now during this pandemic is everyone's going to stay home. Yes. No one, yes. You know, if someone's, if a company says don't come to work, people aren't going to go to a coffee shop. Instead, everyone's going to work from their home. So I think what's going to happen now is this is just going to polarize the remote working towards the you remote work from home. Yeah. Either you work in an office from your designated company or if they say go home, then you work at home. But I don't think there's going to be any in between. So I think that this is going to affect Flex Day that tries to kind of play in that third place space. Similarly, kind of bring it back to coffee. That's what Starbucks and Tim Hortons and all of them try to be yeah. is a third place. Probably less and less people are going to be going there to hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, it's a shared place. And now is not the time for that, I guess. Yeah. And I think... You know, you're talking about coffee shops, and I think one thing that they'll see happen more and more is just mobile ordering or takeout. Like, nobody's going to be hanging out. I don't yeah. think there's going to be a lot of hangouts. It's yeah. going to be hangouts with, within the spaces that you know and can control and with people that you know are safe or you believe to be safe, like, you know, your friends, your family, etc. And so, um, you know, we could we could start to see just a decrease in overall, like, volume within the, the, the dining rooms or whatever uh, within the coffee shops. Mm-hmm. So I think with the workspace, just bringing it back to that, is that, you know, there's another one that we talked about, which was room, which was like office phone booths. And so this is kind of an element within the workspace. And actually, you can find them within the flex day spaces is like these phone booths. And while I'm thinking about it now, you're kind of isolated within that phone booth. It's just there's no hygiene there's no like wiping down certain things, doorknobs, whatever, um, workspaces within those phone booths. So I think I would treat it just like a public desk. It's like you're not. You're not I, I would argue maybe it's even worse because right. let's let's say a company has one of those phone booths. You know, companies hire cleaners, even co-working spaces hire cleaners to wipe down desks and stuff. Yeah. Here's a question: Is someone opening going into that little room, that tiny little phone booth, and wiping down all the surfaces? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. So I actually think that this is not a boom period for room. I don't think it's. I think it's a bit of an indirect thing. So I don't think that they're gonna. In fact, they're actually doing very well as a company right now. I just sent you the link. They got nominated or honored as being one of the. 50, I think, most innovative companies in the world from, I think it was Fast Company. Right. Which I was kind of shocked to see. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so I don't know, I don't think that they're going to really feel much of an impact from this, but it does maybe raise some questions around, you know, the new world we're going to live in from moving forward after this is everyone's going to question hygiene mm-hmm. when it comes to the products and services they use. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, so we have a couple more here just to quickly touch on, although these ones are maybe a struggle if we can find a correlation. So we covered the company's second closet, which has self-serve storage, where if you want something stored, uh, you call the company, they'll bring a truck over, and they'll pick up your belongings, and then they'll store it in the lockers. Yeah, I personally think there's minimal impact with, with second closet. I mean, you're adding a few more people along the way, touching your stuff, et cetera. But I think in the grand scheme of things, it's similar to the deliveries. It's probably, you know, if there's not a positive, then it's neutral. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. I don't really see much of an impact for that company. Yeah. All right. And then the last one, this one's probably going to be the biggest struggle to try and connect the dots is... In our second episode, we talked about the removal of the headphone jack (laughs) on smartphones. Um, What's interesting is since that episode, I have bought a new phone. Uh, I I caved and I got a a new iPhone that doesn't have a headphone jack. And I don't mind it. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't mind it. Um, I, I will say I do carry both sets of headphones around because I got to plug in one kind into my laptop and I got to plug the other kind into the phone. Yeah. Um, do you see any kind of correlation here with uh, the coronavirus? <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's weak at best, but I think it's, you know, you're seeing the people out there now just, you know, zombies with Airpo- AirPods on. And they, it's just one kind of entryway that's covered up, I guess, your ears, if you count that. But honestly, I think um, it'll still be the same or, or, or no different uh, than before. The only thing I could really think of is, um, you know, as we read, the virus can be on surfaces. So you have those wires and there's the microphone on the, the wired yeah. headphones yeah. And, and you're holding it close to your mouth. So it's possible that maybe um, you transmit something onto those wires and then you put those on a table. I mean, the odds are probably slim to none, but you know, the smaller the product is, the less surface area there is, the less chance that you know, AirPods are gonna be able to transmit anything. Yeah, it's a reach, but I think yeah. um, just be clean with your stuff. like. Yeah. Wipe them down, your keyboards, laptops, headphones. I, I think mean, it's just it's just going to be um, a, a reality check on how we should practice um, just like infectious disease control and like how you handle your own personal hygiene. I think everybody's going to be really conscious about not only handshakes and stuff, but their own personal stuff. And I think, they're, you know, people are going to start buying co- products that... Um, help them clean their keyboards or their screens or whatever like that, but, which is good. I think that's that's a that's a behavior that needs to be put in place. Yeah, well, I mean, on the note of the the headphone jack, talking about smartphones, I mean, these are touch screens we use all day long. Yeah, and you know, we touch the phone, we touch our face, we touch our mouth, and we put that phone on a table. So it is interesting. You know, could there be something there in terms of? we have this touchscreen surface that's exposed all the time and we're putting it on various surfaces, could there be an issue there? Well, I think one thing companies could do is just provide, you know, wipes or whatever it is that, um, you know, maybe Lysol wipes. If they're, if they, you can use them on digital equipment, I don't know, on like phones or keyboards, but, you know, peripheral computer wipes that, you know, allows the worker to, to just control their environment a little bit better. I think that would be a good measure to put in place. Not only the hand sanitizer, which is probably in short short demand, but also these types of wipes and cleaning products. Right. 
Okay, well, I think this was a, an interesting way to kind of reflect back on these emerging, yeah. most of these were kind of new startup businesses uh, trying to build out new markets. And it's an interesting way to think about these companies as they're trying to find product market fit. What do you do when a macro level trend is starting to impact you? Because it, do, it doesn't happen very often in a way like this. Like this is a, yeah. very much an incident that all types of companies are having to think about their businesses in ways that they may have never thought of them before. Yeah, one thing I would just add here is um, as, a, as a growing company or any company that is looking to um, position themselves uh, in a way that uses uh, the, the COVID-19 pandemic as a means to increase sales, um, that's an opportunity for you to be canceled for sure. Like, I don't think any company should be riding that wave at all. I think they'll just be responsible and, and, and be respectful of those that um, may have contracted the disease, but don't use it as a means to say, hey, you know, use our product. You're going to lower your chance of, of, of getting the, the, the virus because you don't have to wait in line or something like that. Similar to what Rich will put out, which you were telling me earlier. Yeah, I completely agree. I think there's a, a way to um, to operate your business in light of these type of events in a professional way. Yeah, it's just about taste. Like yeah. advertisers, marketers, just be tasteful and yeah. and don't don't try to be uh, you know spark anything radical through this through this pandemic. Because yeah, as bad as it is, as it is, it's we don't need more of that. Really, we don't. Yeah, I agree. Well, thanks uh, for doing this uh, kind of reflection and yeah. Hopefully we'll have more positive news in the uh, next episode. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Kyle.